Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode number 53 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I am here to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get out in the trails, keep you stoked and hopefully learn a little bit more about mountain biking and the people involved. So as always, thanks for being here. I do appreciate it. If you're a first-time listener, cool. I hope you enjoy the episode, and I hope you get a little bit out of it. And if you're a long-time listener, as always, guys, thanks so much for being here. Now, I just want to say a little thank you to everybody that got in contact regarding last week's episode. I know it was a little bit different, Um, But there was a number of people got in contact saying that, just thanking me really for being honest on that that episode and just telling it how it is and everybody wishing me a good recovery with my injury and stuff. I really do appreciate you guys getting in contact and, and having a chat with me. So thanks so much, guys. It makes the podcast worth doing when you get kind of get people involved like that so thanks so much thanks so much now if you want to get more involved in the podcast you can do so just visit the website mtb-tribe.com you can subscribe via there you will get one email a week just letting you know the subnotes of the show coming up so nothing drastic no crazy bombardment of emails or anything like that. So you can do that. You can also get in contact via the website. There's a contact page there. So just simply drop me an email. Definitely read it and get back to you as I do with all the emails. So thanks, guys. Thanks again. You can also follow the show on socials. We are at MTB on Instagram and at MTB on Facebook. Now, today's show, I am talking to Federico from Malta. We are chatting about the scene in Malta and what it's like because if you've been listening to the show, you know that I am in Malta now for a couple of years. So, you know, and this is where I had my accident and stuff. So, I'm talking to Federico about Malta, what it offers, what the trails are like, what the crew guys are like here, uh, what riding is like here throughout the year, and the kind of terrain and stuff you could expect if you come here riding. We also chat about why it's a good option to come here and ride, and the different kind of terrain you're going to experience here. I also talk a wee bit to Federico just about his background and, and how he come to mountain bike and we chat quite a lot about the bikes that are available here and what the guys are riding, skill levels that are here and um, how the guys are making making a really good scene here and how the thing's grown out here in Malta. So it's an interesting episode and you know a lot of people don't think about Malta for mountain biking but it's a little hidden hidden gem here. It's it's cheap to get here from the UK and Ireland. The weather's amazing. You can ride all year here. And, um, you know, it's dry, very rarely gets, gets rain. So it has its benefits for sure. So put your feet up, tune in, listen to this episode. It's a real good one. And it was awesome to get Federico on the show. He's such a good guy. And he was one of the gentlemen that helped me out when I had my accident uh, that morning. So he's... um. It's due time he was on the podcast, you know. So just sit back, enjoy, folks, and let's welcome Federico to the MTB Tribe Podcast. Hi, Federico. Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast. It's awesome to have you on, sir. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you very much for uh, having me. 
No problem. Well, listen, we're sitting, just to let you guys know, we're in Slima and Malta at the minute. We're sitting in the waterfront, ferries area. We're overlooking the water. We're overlooking Valletta, and it's a very nice evening. And uh, I wish you guys could be here because it's not as nice back home, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) But, Federico, thanks so much. And, guys, you'll have heard me chatting about my collarbone incident and stuff like that. And Federico was one of the main men to get me back home. And look after me on the day that happened. So thanks, dude. I, I do yeah, appreciate. No You're I, welcome. Minimum. <laughs> I do appreciate that. So um, I haven't seen Federico for a couple of weeks, but dude, you have an ankle injury. Tell us about that. Yeah, just uh, I, I kind of, you know, I don't want to left you alone. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> so the other day, I managed to uh, at three kilometers an hour try to get out of my clip and unclip incorrectly <laughs> left my right and foot at a, like a 45 degree angle while I was actually falling over the bike and so I twist my ankle a little bit I guess it would be hopefully quicker <laughs> in a recovery <laughs> yeah and you know is it a tendon thing do you think or is it just a muscle thing or? no I think maybe the ligaments got right. a little bit uh, strained uh, got a little bit of swelling but not too bad got some cream ice compression sock <laughs> Ah, uh-huh, awesome. <laughs> Are you sleeping in a compression chamber? <laughs> <laughs> um, now, you're doing, a, you're doing a marathon in Sicily as well, shortly, is that right? Yeah, in two weeks' time, I'm uh, enrolling the Etna Marathon. I'm actually going to do a medium race. It's about 45 kilometers, but it's still, for me, a four to a five hours type of uh, event. I'm doing it mostly for the fun of checking out new trails in a... Uh, you know, pre-can way, so I don't have to find my way, and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. where to go. Yeah, cool. And have you done Sicily before? Yeah, I did the same race last year. Uh, been over this uh, the Etna Mountain for uh, it's actually a volcano uh, for a couple of times. Uh, oh. It's very nice, very interesting. It's a very diverse uh, uh, type of environment because it's moved from the forest to the lava fields. So it's wow, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that'll be interesting. And how many competitors will attend that, do you think? Well, this year is probably going to be a lot more because it's the first time that um, it's actually an international recognized race. Before, it used to be only uh, national, basically. Uh, so I'm pretty sure it's going to be a, a big, big number. A good crowd. And you're on a Mondraker. Are you taking that over with you? Yeah, I'm going to take the my Mondraker. I'm currently on a Mondraker Fox C29er. Uh, XR is brand new, and uh, obviously it's probably not the the bike <laughs> of choice for the competitive ones because there is a marathon, so they definitely want to have more responsive and uh, aggressive, lighter bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I'm not going to win anything, so I'm just doing <laughs> it for the fun, to, to enjoy the scenery, and uh, to take a, a nice weekend, uh, long weekend over to Sicily, so it's perfect. Yeah, and the Mondrakers are, they're a lovely bike, even though one broke my collarbone, but yep. I'd say it was more <laughs> rider than bike. <laughs> um, but yours has got like 170 travel or something up front, is that right? It's uh, 170 uh, back and front, yeah. It's oh, a and bike as well? Yeah, yeah. It's wow. A, mm, they, the Mondrakers kind of was late to join the 29er uh vision on the enduro trail bikes okay. uh, of course not on the cross country uh, but uh, now they they can they were sticking with the 27.5 and now they came out with the 29er on the foxy which originally was kind of the trail bike 
and it turned out to be obviously much more capable now with a lot more extension mm. more, um, and a more capable bike overall. Yeah. And is yours aluminium or is it carbon? It's a carbon carbon version, and in the back, this uh, this version I've got was a, a spring coil um, suspension. Right, cool. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's because that's the update that they've got the yeah. wow. It's the yeah. oil and coil in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we chatted about that before, but do you find that much different than the air one? It does make a huge difference in terms of uh, how you go over. The small things, it's way more supple overall. Uh, it's probably, for a more aggressive rider, it's probably uh, less poppy, that's right. for sure. Okay. Uh, and probably due to my limited skills, I would say it's <laughs> obviously a little bit of an overkill, but, uh, you know, I figure... I'm I'm 49. It's probably going to be my last b- proper bicycle before I move to an e-bike. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Let's go the old way and uh, and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, it's a beautiful bike, and I've been out with you when you've been on that. Now, your previous bike was also a Mondraker. It was also a Mondraker. Was a, a cheaper version of the Foxy 27.5, and bef- even though it's actually the same model, there is a I feel there is a huge difference in the geometry in uh, in your um, position on the bike. Uh, it's still the full Mondraker forward geometry uh, type of philosophy. So they have a very long reach and uh, a very short stem. Mm. Uh, but is uh, because of the bigger wheel, they managed to get on the 29er a shorter reach. Right. Okay. So you are actually a little bit more seated on the on a Foxy twenty seven point five, or was a little bit more stretch, mm. which I think for me, uh, my background from a bike point of view was mostly on a road bike. Right. Okay. So a very stretched, long position. So it was actually more uh, less of a change to move on a on, yeah. on my previous bike. Yeah. Cool. And it's interesting the way the bikes are going now. They're they're bringing the big the twenty niners and with the larger travel yep. because a lot of that used to be that there was only 120, 130 travel yep. now they're coming yep. in with a bigger travel do you see a big difference on the 29er than the 27.5? Uh, there is a huge difference immediately in terms of traction tons mm. of traction more on the 29er mm-hmm. um, I didn't feel so far m- any difference in terms of um, maneuverability or agility of the bike, uh, probably because this 29er has a bigger wheel but a shorter reach. So overall, I think the two things kind of compensate right, each okay, other. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so uh, I have on the 29er a, a bigger fork and it's more solid. You can feel the difference. I mean, uh, yeah. And Mondragon is a brand back home in, in Ireland anyway that we don't really see on the trails. Spanish brand, isn't that right? He's Spanish. I think he's from Alicante, right, okay. south of Spain. Um, but Edward here that owns Wheel Wizards, he, he, beautiful story. He stocks Mondrake or um, Orbea, which is another Spanish. It's uh, Yeah, it's exactly the opposite from the north of Spain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the bikes just guys are riding out here are good. It's yeah, good stuff. It's very, like. very good stuff. And I was surprised at that to see so many full suspension and stuff out here. Yeah. And we'll chat about the trails and stuff a wee bit later. Um, but, yeah, and the Cannondale stuff 
Edward mm-hmm. has as well, yep. and GT. Yep. Um, so he's got he's got the gear, but yeah, like, what do you feel the guys ride mostly out here? Is it mostly full suspension, mostly the kind of Mondraker stuff? I would say overall, probably even going with other groups, and uh, I see that the vast majority is on a full suspension. Really? Yeah, yeah, and I think this is coming, no matter if they are more enduro or more cross-country oriented, but the, the just the general nature of the trails here in Malta has been very rocky. Mm. Uh, it kind of, you know, spring you toward being the full suspension. Yeah, okay. No, I can definitely see the advantage of that. Now, let's chat a wee bit about your background, because you're originally from Italy. Yeah. Lake Garda direction? Yeah, yeah. I was uh, living before coming to Malta. I was living on the Garda Lake. Yep. Wow, that was lovely. Yeah, it was very nice. I moved from the lake to the sea, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and around that area, how long have you been in Malta now? Uh, it's about five years now. All right, okay. And around Lake Garden, that was there much mountain biking going on there? Yeah, uh, there was a lot. Uh, but the, the scene in Italy is uh, slightly different in in the sense of everywhere in this... I mean, overall, it's... W- much more cross country than anything else in it's Italy m- as well. In Italy, yeah, right, it's okay. much more um, a competitive scene, I would say, generally speaking. Um, so you know, those guys there are spending thousand of euros just to save hundred grams, and uh, <laughs> and, and it, toward the north of Italy and the north of the Lake Garda, uh, there are there you got more mountains, and then you got more gravity and uh, mm-hmm. free ride enduro travel type of guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you mountain bike when you were there? I was mostly doing triathlons, so my mountain bike was basically a cross training during the winter <laughs> to yeah. beat the cold. Okay, and I am sure it's, I'm sure it's, well, it is really hilly around there. Was that not tough? It was tough, but in, in the reality, you know, it kind of throughout the year try to average out things and. Right. No. Not particular. <laughs> <laughs> Not too crazy. Um, I also wanted to ask you about Italy. I have I've snowboarded there. I've never mountain biked there. Uh-huh. Um, but you were on a trip recently as well. Where was that to? Was that? Oh, no. My trip was to Spain, north of Spain. Okay, to Spain. All right. And tell us a wee bit about that. I went to on a mountain bike trip with uh, Basque MTB. Uh, it's uh, a mountain bike uh, vacation organization mm-hmm. up in the Basque, of course, Basque country, and I think it's actually a it's a great organization. Uh, the guy is a Scottish guy. They organize and run the show, and he's uh, it's very very uh, well organized and mm. very well thought after in a very professional, but at the same time family oriented the family feeling type of mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. type of thing a very good thing i was surprised it was my first time in the north of spain is the environment the trails the mountains you have very nice um, mountain forest type of trails that goes down all the way to to the sea so it's, wow. it, it is an amazing scenery yeah. yeah lovely lovely was there more than yourself went from here Say it again. Was there more than just yourself went from here? Uh, no, it was just myself. Just yeah. yourself. Yeah. And you took the Foxy with you, obviously. Uh, no, actually no. I rented there because oh, really? that's, yeah, that, that, that it's, uh, the whole thing came together nicely because they, uh, being from the Basque country, they uh, 
the whole organization is running on uh, Orbea mountain oh, uh, bikes. Right. Okay. And so they also run the mountain bikes from Orbea. Now, coincidentally, here, Edwards is also selling not only Mondraker, but also Orbea. So I said, you know what? If I rent a bike over there, it's a perfect occasion to, to uh, uh, check them out uh, yeah. and see the differences. And uh, <laughs> I think it was out pretty good. And, and can you remember what the Orbea was? Europe? Yeah, it was on a, they rented me an Orbea Occam TR, which is trail version. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a very light bike. It was an aluminum aluminum version, mm-hmm. uh, but m- me and the other two uh, guys that were riding on uh, on a rental bike, we were absolutely surprised by the lightweight of the bike. Yeah, yeah full suspension, nice bike uh, with a, a, a decent uh, specs, but we were expecting a lot heavier bike for an aluminum frame. Yeah, wow, it's interesting. And did you have your new Foxy? When you were over there, or did I just got it. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so what are you thinking? <laughs> oh damn! Maybe I should have gone know, over there. Well, uh, yeah. Well, the, the, the new Foxy it was a, t- a change from the twenty-seven-five to the twenty-nine. It was a kind of a big change, and I cannot say I was immediately breaking to the bike. It, it required me a little bit of time because, yeah. again, this big change in in the geometry overall. And uh, so the, I think they actually worked out pretty good because this Orbea that I rented over there was a 27.5, but as a geometry or position on the bike was kind of halfway between the two. Right, okay. So it kind of carried me through from one Foxy to the other Foxy. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, it's nice. And, you know, it's cool. I, I like the way you've stuck with the Mondrager brand. I would tend to do that similar myself. You know, I would stay with the same brands and... Yeah, I think that the, you know the the Mondraker, the first one I got was the first bike I got from uh, here Edward, and it was a s- suggestion from Edward. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I went to Edward's shop, I was actually looking for a gravel bike. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> That's an interesting story. And, and uh, Edward, as a good friend and a good salesman as it is, said, "You know, Federico, I, I can get you any tra- gravel bike you want, but." What are you going to do with it really? in Malta? <laughs> it's just like, you know what? And he set me up and say, I'll, I'll uh, borrow you one of my uh, my uh, full suspension Mondraker. And you come with us on a Sunday ride, see if you enjoy it, and then you decide whatever you want to get and you buy what you want. So I went on a Sunday with them. And on a Monday, I returned the rental bike and I bought <laughs> my, <laughs> my Foxy. So I was immediately hooked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And did you did you think you needed a gravel bike for the trails here, or what? what no, were the initial thought was um, using a gravel bike because the road condition, generally speaking, here in Malta, they are getting a lot better, but mm. there are still a lot of potholes. Uh, the condition are uh, so and so. So I was actually thinking about the gravel bike as a, a more comfortable road bike. Right. Okay. And, and were you hoping to use the gravel bike on the road and on, on the, the road. trails? Mostly, no, on the road. Just mostly on the, on, road, the road. on the road. Okay. And do you use your Mondraker on the road? Uh, no. I mean those those stretches that in event. Oh right. Okay. Between the trails. Yeah. Sections. Between the trails. Yeah. yeah. Right. But you just I, I don't Harley train on, on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the road, I use the Harley. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, cool. And you know, when I first came out here, <clears throat> I got in contact with. It was Robert I was initially yep. speaking to through yep. uh, Facebook and um, the Malta Mountain Bikers Facebook page. And I was actually quite surprised when I come out here 
at the gear you guys were using, the trails, and the whole setup. And you know, it's really, really good to see because mountain biking in Ireland's growing as well. It's becoming really popular. Do you see that here since you've been here? from the start to now do you think it's getting more popular it's getting more popular and uh, it's very interesting here from my point of view coming back from Italy that as I said is mostly cross country mm-hmm. to see that even though there are no huge hills or mountains here there is a fairly big trail enduro type of community let's say Yeah. and uh, of course there are also the dedicated cross country riders uh, but it's it's a lot it's good because I found a group of people that are riding just for the fun of riding. Yeah. Not for the clock, basically. Yeah. And that really made the difference with me, uh, you know, after many, many years of uh, triathlon uh, racing, uh, even though at that fully amateur level. Uh, but you're still competing with yourself, with your bodies, mm-hmm. and, and finally being able to disconnect from... Uh, the time and the performance, but just being able to to enjoy the ride, to enjoy the trail, to discover new, to to be more in contact with nature. Yeah, it's a big that thing. that make the a, a huge difference. And I think it was the the time to to make the switch. Yeah, no, and you know the cool thing here, and what I found is very different from back home. When we go riding back home, there's maybe well, I would say there's three or four of us. Mm-hmm. Go out, you know. You'll you'll see other wee groups of two and three, and but both both Sundays, the last two Sundays I was out with you guys, there was twelve and thirteen, yeah, out riding, yeah. which is awesome. Like, yeah, it's very cool. It's, it's really, really cool. cool, especially th- for that time of the morning on a Sunday yeah. morning. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I guess that's the downside of Malta. <laughs> that in, if you want to ride in the summer, you better wake up very very early because <laughs> otherwise, by ten o'clock you are. Uh, Roasted. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So we were meeting at half six. Yeah. Um, but as you say, it just gets too warm. Yeah, it gets warm very easy, very very quickly. Yeah, and the, the last that last day I was out, maybe it was because I'd broke my collarbone or not, I don't know, but I found that a very warm day. Yeah, and it, it was, it nine was o'clock. very warm. It was nine o'clock. Yeah. And in the summer, that's probably one of the reasons why we got more and more people joining the groups. We just ride for the fun of riding. Of course, they're going to be faster people's lower people the the guys that are faster mm. on a descent and those are faster on a uphill but in the end we all wait for each other and it's warm so at halfway through the ride we stop and mm-hmm. we just have a swim somewhere yes cool get a, a coffee and off we go back on a, on a bicycle again awesome and you know it's like robert said to me initially when i got here he says it's good to do it that way because you're back home for half ten Mm-hmm. 11 you've still got sunday yeah. to spend with the family or yeah. to go for a swim or do whatever you want to do yeah. you know so it's cool so tell us a wee bit about the trails then in malta please the trails in malta are uh well conditioned by the nature of the the territory here so it's very rocky uh it doesn't rain a lot uh, mm-hmm. so like now in the end of the summer after many many days i would say weeks of no rain you got a very dry soil. Uh, it might get very loose, uh, very sandy. And uh, so that is definitely one of the conditions. So it's rocky. It's a continuous rock garden, basically. <laughs> yeah, it is. I can vouch for that. <laughs> Uphill and downhill. Yeah. So it's definitely handy to have a full suspension here. 
um, you don't have long descent, but you have steep descent. Yeah. And uh, that is, it might get very, very technical. Uh, there are no many uh, forests or trees. Uh, there are a few sections with trees, but not uh, too much on a descent. But everything is very, uh, very technical from, again, from a, a rocky, uh, dusty point of view. Mm. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a very different ride experience to what we would have back home. Yeah where it would be quite wet and mucky quite a lot of the time and quite sticky a lot of the time. Um, so it is definitely very different. But there's a lot of push in the pedals here. Um, quite good for your cardiovascular system and stuff. You know, you're, you're yep. always pedaling. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's so different, and it is quite technical. Like, it'll definitely it'll challenge you. It is. It is. There are some sections where, uh, obviously, my, my skills level are very basic, but... You go there and you try and try them again, and you get more comfortable with the sections. Uh, but some of the uh, of the features, and, and, and by the way, here they're all natural features. Mm. There, there are basically um, very few drops or uh, or jumps that are artificially made, and uh, so you you really got to you know. Hold on and go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's a very interesting ride. And take us through a kind of typical day then of what you do in that, in that group ride. So you all yeah. meet up. Yeah, we, we normally meet up this half past six in the summer, seven in the winter. And we start off with, I would say, 15 minutes of easy riding, warming up, mostly road to get to the first trails. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we start eating the trails. Uh, and I will say that overall we do spend about two and a half to three hours ride every Sunday. Um, and about those, the vast majority, the first part is completely off-road, basically. Mm. Um, and then kind of the nature of the island is, the, the island itself is much more built and industrialized in the south part, center to south part. So we obviously kind of tend to stay in the north. Yeah. Where you find more trails and more uh, more diversity, uh, there are some some forests. There are uh, a lot of downhills on uh, um, former, uh, I would say, farmer trails. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's it's quite interesting because we're here in in Valletta, well, Slima Valletta area. But yeah, that would be more up round for somebody looking on the map. That'd be more up round St Paul's and stuff like that. Is it up round that? Is that right? Me saying that? Is it up round? Sorry, is it up round St Paul's area? St Paul's Mostly. area, yeah, yeah. Up the trails St Paul's up there. and uh, Golden Bay area. Um, that part is probably one of the most beautiful part of the island from a natural point of view. There yeah. are some stunning, uh, stunning trails. You come down for a. Uh, a relatively long three five minutes uh downhillish type of trail and all of a sudden in front of you that you have a 300 meter cliff mm. down to the to the ocean to the to the sea it's, it's stunning yeah the coastline is amazing it, R- is amazing. it really is and that last day we were out we went up to a big fort that was here at world war Two. yeah what do you call that can you remember what you call that? Fort Cambridge? Th- that area is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and tell us now, because some of the guys are building, like, or there, there is a downhill 
course there. There is there? a downhill. That, that is something interesting. That's, uh, even though Malta, again, is limited in elevation, uh, you have a strong downhill community here. And they actually have a national championship. And, uh, wow. and yeah, uh, it's Edward, the, the guy from mm-hmm. uh, the Wheel Wizard shop, he was actually telling me that w- dealing with the Mondraker people and they were actually amazed that he's able to sell downhill bikes in Malta. They were yeah. not expecting it. He actually <laughs> he does sell right. quite a lot of downhill bikes. Wow. And so there is uh, this downhill community and uh, in this area of Cambridge and uh, Selmoon, that's also the name of the more generally speaking the area, um, that's where one of the most common um, course for the downhill is. Yeah. And have you rode that trail before, that downhill one? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's nice because it can be done, I would say, pretty much on a downhill, pretty much by everyone. Mm-hmm. On an uphill, it's <laughs> slightly more complicated. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it can be done to a different level, but I would say pretty much by everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, the moment you want to get off the brakes, it becomes all of a sudden very... Uh, very challenging because you have trenches, you have a lot of rocks, mm-hmm. and uh, you got to know the trail before because otherwise you might get in trouble if you yeah. don't know exactly where to pass by. <laughs> yeah, and the day I was out there when we were in that area, the guys were looking at a, a road gap they were looking at yeah. building. Yeah, that's a, a natural gap <clears throat> that happened through the, I guess, through the years with water passing by, and uh, they eventually built a, uh, a, a ramp, a jump yeah, out of okay. it. And uh, eventually, I guess someone was so nice to destroy the, the, the old, the old <laughs> jump. So, But right. it's the same story. Every, every year they go back, they build it again. And uh, for uh, hopefully a few months it will last and, uh, until someone else thinks differently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but it's... Uh, it, it's a fairly scary jump. It's a big gap. Yeah, and you're not landing into soft brush or you're not landing, you know... That That is probably the biggest difference and the biggest challenge uh, for novice like I am in learning new tricks or new skills like jumping and stuff like that. Because compared to uh, bike trails uh, or bike centers or trail mm-hmm. centers back in the north of Europe, um, these jumps are not normally landing in a smooth, I wouldn't say paved, but, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the landing area is not smoother out, it's not uh, with an angle that uh, make the landing easier yeah. or more forgiven. Yes. And uh, so you've you got to be prepared. <laughs> yeah. So when you come off in Malta, you're, you're, you're probably going to fall on rocks. Yeah, yeah, that's bottom line you better have uh, some good pair of knee pads <laughs> yeah that's uh, um, that's cool and i want to chat to you a wee bit because <clears throat> that same day we were out is it neil that works for edward is yeah mechanic for yeah no he comes from a bmx background yeah. but man he's he's good on a bike he's very skilled and he's probably one of the i would say the most skilled to me yeah, I don't want to be irrespectful <laughs> for the others, uh, but there is um, a, a very strong background of BMX here in Malta. Mm. They have a BMX uh, place, a BMX course, uh, 
and uh, there is a lot of youngsters that they they go there and they they try they practice their yeah. tricks and obviously eventually when they grow up at a certain point they stop BMXing they start getting into the the mountain bike trail type of things but you can see immediately they carry out they carry over this uh, set of skills they they yeah. gain uh, at a younger age yeah, because the guys that morning were doing a drop, like a very steep drop into then another double, yep. another double kicker thing. Um, and Neil hit it, and he didn't even ride down the freaking drop. He jumped the he top jumped section of the drop. Yep. Yep. And then the other two jumps were just, ah, whatever. You know, um, and I know you done the other two drops and a few of the other guys done the bigger one as well, yep. but none of the other guys jumped off it. He jumped off it. He jumped off of them. Yeah, yeah. Freaking yep. nuts. And it's amazing because I always play the, the break the joke with him. You know, it's easy. You don't even touch the ground. Where is the challenge? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then the guys, I didn't really see much of it because we decided to take me to the hospital yeah. by that stage. But the guys then were looking at another section, which to me just looked kind of undoable. It was more or less vertical. Oh, and yeah. We were jumping off that. Yeah. Like you know, the skills, the skills here. The guys have the skill here. Yeah, as I as I said before, that you don't have a, a long trail park, but the features, the natural features that you find here, they do are challenging. If you want, you can really uh, yeah. pose a, a challenge to yourself and, and improve. Uh, also, in the south of the island, is a place where. Uh, as I said before, it's more uh, industrialized and more built, so we go a little bit less often. Uh, but there are some sections that are beautiful from a, a, a naturalistic point of view, mm. uh, and at the same time, are you really are riding on the cliff, <laughs> on <laughs> yeah. the edge of the cliff. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they have quite a good skate park here too for those guys. I know there's yeah. one there just at the university. Yeah. And I've seen BMXers and stuff in there, and it's a good skate park. Yeah, it's, it's very well built and yeah. uh, well kept, I would say, also. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah totally. It was imp- very, very impressive. Um, I was actually, just between you and me, I was actually tempted to get a BMX and while try I was here to get there. and go there and just try to learn some skills in the yeah. BMX park yeah. early in the morning. Um, obviously, I'm not doing that now, but... Uh, yeah, it's so inviting to do that, yeah, there, man. Yeah, but maybe I'm too old for that. I don't know. I don't know. I was, I thought about it once. I was, you know, chatting over during the trail ride, and with one of these guys that is actually coming from a BMX background, and uh, and he was looking at me and he says, "Well, Federico, <laughs> 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 not to diminish your will, but you are kind of." Uh-huh. He didn't say old, but <laughs> I guess he meant it, uh, and. I guess it's not really a, a physical problem. I think it's mostly about, you know, the flexibility and the f- uh, speed of the reflex. Because yeah. these guys that just keep continuously falling and jumping off the bike. And so in order to do that, you got to be flexible and young. And uh, uh, I'll probably do it two times at the third time. <laughs> I'm already sore and... <laughs> My enthusiasm for the BMX training is probably going to yeah. <laughs> finish pretty soon. But it's very exciting. Very, very good. Now, let's talk about Gozo, which is a wee island from the north of yep. Malta here, yep. which you can get over on a ferry. It's about 20 minutes in a ferry or something like that. Yep. There's a trail there, which is... I've yep. never done it, but it's very good, eh? It is very, very nice. Uh, Gozo, even though it's uh, 
very close to the major island, which is Malta, is a fairly different uh, environment. Uh, first of all, it's less populated, of course, uh, but even the nature is way more green than Malta, mm. and uh, in many ways, from a natural point of view, from a um, yeah, it, it, I would say it's definitely nicer. Um, and and there is this very nice trail. There are a lot of trails, but the the most common one when you go there, we go this uh, the Gozoride as is normally understood here in Malta is basically the circumference, the perimeter okay, yeah. of the of Gozo. And you do this; it's uh, not too much of elevation gain and loss, but it's a a very physical ride because you are constantly. Uh, pushing and constantly, you never get the rhythm, basically. Mm, okay. So you are always there, and uh, and and again, the scenery changed dramatically from one side to the other. That that is the the nicest thing. You get into this uh, the west northwestern part of Gozo, which is uh, close to the Salinas, and and that's where you really. It seems to be on the moon because mm. you have this. Basically, the the main rock is limestone, and this part of the the coast is like carved by the the wind and the sea and right, as okay. well. And it is amazing. It really looks like uh, you can take picture. You think you are mountain biking on the moon. <laughs> uh, and it, and it's the other thing is crazy is that sometimes you have this very odd and awkward. Uh, shape of the rock and you think you will never get there but there is tons of grip you can you can really challenge yourself you can wow, okay. do very you can go up and 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 down again and and the bike will hold <laughs> <laughs> you hope <laughs> and how long does that ride take it's quite a, it's quite a that's a longer ride that's about 50 kilometers right wow really yeah so it's about uh was that 20, 20 miles, twenty six miles, yeah, something like that. Yeah, a good day anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a good day out. On the end of it, you stop for a burger and yeah. and then you just shuttle back to the to the ferry. <laughs> Wrecked. Wrecked. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And that's something that's quite easy. Do you guys do that a few times a year? What way do you normally do that? I would probably. I think the groups normally do it three, four times a year, and. I may do it once more solo, okay. as a solo ride. Is that a winter thing only? You wouldn't do that in the summer, obviously. On the summertime, it would be, you got to leave very, very early yeah. because, again, of the heat. Yeah. So consider it. Of course, if you go solo, you never stop unless you want to refill for water. If you want to do it, a little bit of a endurance type of test for yourself, uh, it might work. But if you stay out, anything later than 10, 30, 11 max, yeah. then you are facing some severe uh, temperature. you got to be prepared. Yeah, okay. Let's talk about climate a wee bit then. So the summer, I, I've only been here since June, mm-hmm. so I've really only known the summer, yep. um, which gets up into the mid-30s, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's quite punishing on a, on a bike at that temperature. What's, what's the winter seasons like here then? What kind of temperatures can we ex- expect? Well, the 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 seasons here are a lot. The, I guess the the good thing of the of Malta is the weather 
throughout the year except the summer, which is very hot, as we mentioned. Uh, anything after end of September all the way to May, beginning of June, mm-hmm. is absolutely mild. Uh, even during the winter, you might get some rainy day, uh, but temperature during the day rarely go below 10 degrees. Right, okay. So in the e- even in the winter, when we meet at 7 o'clock in the morning, I normally wear a long sleeve jersey and maybe the just until I get there, a uh, jacket, mm-hmm. uh, okay. lightweight jacket. Yeah. But as soon as we start riding, uh, the, the lightweight jacket will be already in too much, probably. Yeah, okay. And, and through the day, temperatures will get up to 15, 16? 15, 16 is the, is the norm, yeah. Yeah, okay. And I take so it you just don't go swimming in them, right? It won't be a bit chilly then. No, but the, the, the good part is that I obviously came over from Italy with all my uh, winter cycling gear, and it's still in the box. <laughs> oh, wow, awesome. Awesome, yeah. That's cool. So it's shorts all year round, anyway. Shorts all year round, yep. And uh, as I said, uh, a short, uh, long sleeve shorts. Maybe a base layer if you really get cold, but that's it. That's it. And I've noticed a few of the guys doing night rides here. Yeah, that's a, something that is also, uh, uh, I don't know, the new fashion <laughs> here. They normally meet on midweek, either week uh, Wednesday or Thursday. Mm-hmm. And they start at 7 o'clock, especially in the summer, because, again, you can favor the the, yeah. the, the sun going down, so the lower temperature. Uh, and they go with a whole set of lights, and they do these group night rides, uh, which are amazing. They are, they, they are very nice, a lot of fun, and, of course, a little bit more, uh, you choose your trails yeah. with more care because you yeah. you don't see the, you're not going to go downhill big time. Uh, uh, no, because uh, I'm just trying to imagine it and the, uh, the surfaces you have here. And it'd be quite difficult with the lights. You would need good lights, and you would need lights to stay on properly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I can imagine you just hitting a rock, and your light just all of a sudden, you know, facing the ground or something, and no. all you can see is your front wheel. Because <laughs> um, it's very popular back home, you know, because come the winter back home, it gets dark at half three, you uh-huh. know, half three, four. So you're so kind of forcing riding so in those conditions. Yeah, so if you're working nine to five... It's dark in the morning, it's dark in the evening when you come yep. home, so you can only go out when it's dark. Um, so it was interesting to see that here. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just a, for a different reason. Here is the, the temperature, the, yeah. the heat, <laughs> to avoid the heat rather than uh, uh, the working hours, but the, the, the same results. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's good. Brilliant. And it's a good fun. Again, uh, also in that case, fairly big group rides. Ten people or more is not wow. uncommon. And... Uh, at the end of the ride, you stop somewhere for a pizza or a dish of pasta. Yeah, cool. And everyone back home, happy. Cool. And, you know, the trails, I have been really impressed with the trails out here. Um, and it'll definitely challenge you in a different way from back home. Yep. Where, you know, we would we would mostly be, well, I don't want to say mostly riding trail centers, but there's trail centers to choose from, and you certainly can go that way. Um, but... The trails here are slightly different in that they're over they're over farmland more yep. or less yeah yep. so you've got trails that link between farmland then you'll take a bit of road then you'll go on to more farmland yeah is that farmland all privately owned or what way does that work here uh, 
to be honest, I haven't figured it out <laughs> correctly yet. But uh, I don't think it's all privately owned. Uh, but there are definitely many many spots where at the beginning of a trail you will find uh, a sign to uh, turn you off or uh, to prevent from from going in there. But in reality, that the land is not all private. Yeah, and uh, I think that they just do it to defend their. Um, I don't know. Uh, I cannot say their land because it's not their land. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, but to prevent from... I think that they are mostly trying to prevent the motocross guys or enduro with the motorbikes to go there, which obviously cause a different level of noise and potentially damage to the crops or yeah. Uh, yeah. to the trails. Understandable. And to ride here, I would say, realistically, you would need a guide. Yeah, I, I don't think you could come out here and ride yourself because there's nothing signposted. Uh, no, you certainly could come out and have a bit of fun, but to yeah. do a proper ride and have proper trails and yeah. link all the trails yeah. properly, you yeah. need a guide. So as far as guides go, what's available here in Malta at the minute? At the moment, uh, there is no much uh, in in Malta going on. Um, th- there is the opportunity uh, to set up something. And we definitely are thinking mm-hmm. about it. Uh, and again, the, the great advantage here in Malta would be the possibility to ride pretty much all year round mm-hmm. uh, and, and combine this based on the season with potentially also some uh, vacation time. Uh, so I think that would be a, a, a great opportunity. We are looking into this opportunity opportunity to, to develop something. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see if it's uh, doable and, and and how to move forward from there but definitely here in Malta if you have a guide someone that is knowledgeable about the trails you can have a lot of fun you can connect some very scene- uh, scenery very mm-hmm. nice scenery uh, some very technical uh, section of the trails and both downhill if that is your uh, cup of tea or uphill uh, if you are more mm-hmm. into your uh, fitness yeah. overall so it's definitely a, a good overall uh, yeah. training camp I would say yeah certainly has certainly has some potential there I, I would say um, so that's cool so we'll, I'll, I'll keep on top of that if anything changes I'll let the, I'll yeah. let the listeners know for sure and keep you guys informed um, but yeah Thanks so much for coming on, Frederick. It was great to chat to you, and uh, it's great to get the Malta thing out to the people because the guys that are listening, the guys that I know back home, know I'm here now. Yeah. So um, it's good to fill them in on what's actually here and available. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's very exciting. And do you think? Do you think it's exciting for Malta and the mountain biking thing? Do you, in general, do you think it's like what's what's in the future for mountain biking here? Do you think it's going to get bigger and better? And I think it's overall going to be bigger and and better for several reasons. Not all connected to the mountain bike directly itself. Uh, Malta is uh, experiencing a, a few years of economical boom. Yeah, uh, everything is growing more and more expat. More and more people are coming. Uh, general the condition are getting better and I think there is more uh, not only because of the increasing number of the expat but for a genuine inside uh, motivation Mm. there is more and more uh, attention to what is going on everywhere else in Europe pretty much 
So they're getting more and more open to whatever is going on in Europe. And from a, a sport point of view, the mountain bike, I would say, is probably the, the big next thing. Yeah. Even though it's been on the... I mean, mountain bike has been around for mm. 30 years now, maybe more. Uh, but it's definitely getting with more capable bikes, uh, with more organized uh, trail systems, uh, with a different attitude that is no longer exclusively competitive as maybe used to be before. Now it's something that everyone can enjoy more just for the sake of enjoying themselves in the nature, you know? Mm, yeah. And it, it, this is definitely the, the trend that is getting on in, in Malta and, and I see getting more and more and better and better. Yeah, uh, it's exciting times for sure. And what I'll do is I'll put links on the show notes to the Facebook pages and stuff yeah, like that. absolutely. So if anybody's interested in what's getting on or getting in contact with some of the guys that are on the Facebook pages, they can do that, sure. Yeah. So awesome, bud. Thanks for coming on. No, thanks for and you for, for having me, God. <laughs> and I'm glad I can't get out in the trails for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's killing me. Um, but here, thanks so much, and I'll, I'll speak to you soon. All right. Take Cheers, care. Bye. Bye, bye. That's number 53, done and dusted, folks. And thanks for being here, and I hope you enjoyed that episode. A wee bit different, chatting about mountain biking in Malta, but I think it was a real good episode, and it was awesome to chat to Federico. Thanks so much, sir, for coming on. I do appreciate it, and I hope your angle gets better. (laughs) It's nice not to be alone. (laughs) But thanks so much for coming on. I do appreciate it. Now, folks, if you want to learn a wee bit more about mountain biking in Mulla, I'm going to put links to their Facebook pages and stuff like that, just how you can find out a wee bit more about mountain biking in Mulla on the show notes. So please check that out, episode number 53. You can get quick links there and find out a wee bit more of what to expect here. And you can drop them guys a line. You know, that's how I initially got involved and and got in contact with the guys just through social media. So you can do that. They're a great bunch of guys and they will get back to you and have a chat with you. So thanks so much for being here. Again, if you want more info, you can go to the website mtb-tribe.com and you can subscribe there you can contact me via there get involved with the show that's what it's all about it's about getting people involved and chatting about it and sharing with friends and if you're listening via itunes a five-star rating is always always very very good to get and i'd appreciate it if you guys would do that for me it really helps the show be seen and be found and again it's just about getting it out there word of mouth sharing with friends and getting people on the bikes and pushing those pedals getting out in nature getting off the sofa it's such a good thing to be doing so i would appreciate it if you do that again the show is available via stitcher and via spotify so you can check it out there you can get involved through the social media outlets of course which is instagram and facebook and both at mtv tribe so folks i just want to say thanks thanks for being here and i will speak to you next week on another episode of the mtv tribe podcast Keep pushing the pedals, folks.